Hello, welcome. It's a beautiful day, a new day for all of us. Welcome, my friends. And it is now our uh, season 236 episode of our Here in uh, Dream to Rise. And uh, I'm truly grateful for each day that we are are here giving us great or better opportunities to move forward and become better. Yes. The journey to healing can seem insurmountable. The scars, both seen and unseen, lingered as painful reminders of a traumatic past. Please often consider the language of children, but it holds profound therapeutic value for individuals of all ages. Play provided a safe space to explore and process feelings that words alone couldn't capture. The journey from victim to survivor and ultimately to a person thriving with resilience highlights the profound impact that play can have on healing the wounds of the past. Let us welcome our guest, Angie Barrett, an intuitive movement coach, advanced trauma-informed yoga instructor, registered nurse, and a stand-up paddleboard yoga instructor. She helps people how to release stored trauma in their bodies while increasing energy, strength, and flexibility. Without further ado, let us welcome Anji Barrett. Hello, welcome to our Dream to Rise podcast, and I welcome each one of you, dear friends, to our new episode because I'm excited to introduce to you another special guest who is an initiative, uh, intuitive, I mean, sorry, intuitive movement coach, advanced trauma-informed yoga instructor, registered nurse, and stand-up paddleboard yoga instructor who understands the human body and how it works. She helps people use play and movement. I I love that, play, (laughs) to connect to their bodies, releasing stress, anxiety, depression, and tension. After going from child abuse survivor to registered nurse to yoga instructor, she has spent much of her life caring for others. In 2017, she hit rock bottom and started on a journey to heal. Discovering playful ways of using movements help her listen, uh, learn to listen to her body, overcoming her suffering in ways traditional modalities could not. Now she helps others heal their pain, transforming their lives, and she is the owner and creator of Angie Barrett's movement, coaching people how to release stored trauma in their bodies while increasing energy, strength, and flexibility. Without further ado, let's now welcome our guest speaker, Angie Barrett. Hello, Angie. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Same here. I'm so excited when we we actually had a a short shot in the before this recording. And I told her, oh, my, I'm already so engrossed with your story. But hey, let's stop it because I want to. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm sure 
a lot of our listeners would be excited as well. And I would like to feel that excitement while the listeners are also listening. <laughs> I want to be in their shoes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Angela, let's get started. I would just like to ask you if you could share your story with us and uh, and uh, what brought to you but what brought you to where you are right now okay. yeah um so my story i don't have memories of it chronologically although i'm going to tell it chronologically um uh, like cynthia mentioned i am a child abuse survivor <clears throat> my abuse started when i was very young um probably around 1 or 2 I don't have, um, I actually had no memory of my child abuse. That's why I say my memories don't happen chronologically until about 2017 when I hit rock bottom. But so my abuse started when I was very young, um, started, it was by friends of my parents and it happened at church. And so um, I had multiple abusers and it went throughout my teenage years, probably up until the time I went to college till I left, um, till I left home. And like I said, my abuse was so severe that I had no memory of it. Um, I just knew that I had what I called my black hole of pain inside of me. I had this pain and this ache that was just so deep, but I never understood where it came from. Um, I left for college. I became a registered nurse. I actually got married. I married a man who was fairly abusive. So I've been through an abusive mm -hmm. marriage um, myself. He was never physically abusive, but he was emotionally um, and sexually abusive. Um, I finally got the courage to leave at around age 30. Um, and around that time, I was also still very involved in the religion that I grew up with. And one of the things that I struggled with was because my abuse happened at church and happened by people who were in the congregation that we went with, um, I had a lot of religious trauma. I had a lot of fear of God because I was threatened with um I was threatened that the things that were happening to me because God wanted it because I was such a bad person. That's what I was told. And so I had a really big fear of God. So around that time, I started questioning the religious trauma um, and went through this whole big evolution, still never touching on my child abuse when I left my husband at age 30. Um, a few years later is um, I was dating someone else and we were going through a bit of a rough patch and my partner posted on social media that they were now involved in a new relationship and had not mm. told me. Um, so oh I found God. out through Facebook that my partner was now involved with someone else. Oh and that betrayal by my partner unlocked the memories of my child abuse, um, being betrayed by someone that I was supposed to trust, that was supposed to have loved me and to be betrayed in such a um, overwhelming manner actually unlocked the memories of my child abuse. So I started dealing with dueling traumas, the trauma of my partner cheating on me and the trauma of remembering my child abuse. So I hit rock bottom. I went into a really deep, dark hole and did not, <laughs> took me a while to start to see any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it was really, really a dark time for me. Um, realizing that my whole childhood was really based on fear and it was so engrossed in this abuse that had happened that I, I had was so separated from it just felt so um, 
I was so dissociated, so checked out from it. And yet my body held these memories of it. And my body would do these, um, I would have chronic pain or this, I, like I mentioned, I had this deep hole, this black hole of pain inside of me. So it, I got to a point where I was uh, really thinking of harming myself and knew that I needed some help. So I actually checked myself into an inpatient psychiatric hospital which is probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Um, my pride had a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. And yet it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I was there for about a month. It gave me, that stay gave me some tools, some resources to help me start to navigate my way out of this black hole that I was trapped in. And so I have been crawling my way out since then. Um, I am a registered nurse. I was working as a nurse and most of the work that I've done in nursing is very high acuity, meaning high intensity. I worked emergency rooms, I worked oh, ICUs, okay. intensive care units, which are very traumatizing in and of themselves. It's very emotionally demanding and it got too much for me. So I decided to take a break and I've practiced yoga for years. I've, I've always practiced yoga and um, it was interesting. Yoga even got to a point for me as I, after I had my memories come out and my mental breakdown, yoga became too much for me. I could not actually do it. it even the sensations of yoga in my body put my system into overwhelm and shut down, which was really hard because yoga had been such a um, soothing practice for me for so long. Well, the yoga studio that I would go to occasionally was offering um, a yoga teacher training. So I thought, well, I need something to do since I'm taking a break from nursing. So I decided to become a yoga instructor and I was able to teach yoga. I just couldn't actually practice it as a student myself because just being in my body felt too overwhelming. But when I was teaching, I felt more in control. And then COVID hit. So when COVID hit, um, a friend of mine, who is another yoga instructor told me that she was going to take a training on how to become a trauma-informed yoga instructor. And she knew that I had some trauma in my background and I had PTSD and she asked if I wanted to take this training with her. Um, since it was virtual, we were able to take it. Whereas before we would not have been able to. And so we did, and I loved it. It opened up ways of moving and ways of doing yoga that actually felt much more accessible to my body in the overwhelmed state of trauma that I was in. It, it felt more empowering. And so I was, um, I, I actually did about 200 hours worth of training with them. So I'm now advanced trauma informed. And so two things happened kind of almost simultaneously. One thing was in my trauma training, we started talking about how play and play and movements actually help tap into a part of our nervous system that helps soothe us. And um, it's based on research. And I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. Okay, play. That sounds really interesting. And at the same time in my therapy, so I've done intensive therapy, um, my therapist was doing a protocol with me that is designed for children who've experienced trauma from a very young age who really have no semblance of safety. And she taught me that based, and I researched this. So researchers believe that all mammals, so and humans are mammals, by the way. So mm -hmm. we're all born with our brains pre-wired with seven circuits. So all mammals come out at birth knowing seven things, knowing how to do seven things or seven seven circuits are wired in our brain and play is one of those 
by the way, shame is another one. So if you're struggling with shame, that's something that we're inherently born with. And so that's not something to be ashamed of feeling shame. We oftentimes feel shame about it. But anyway, so I learned play was really something that we were born with knowing how to do. And if you think of how babies learn to navigate their world, children learn, they learn, you know, babies as they're thinking of how to, they're just moving around just with this wonder of movement. And so I started exploring this concept of play and movement because I'd learned about it now from two different arenas about how powerful play was. And I started using playful movements, imagining that I was a baby laying on my back and just starting to feel my body. And then I started changing it to um, thinking of negative beliefs that I carry about myself based on my abuse. So one of the negative beliefs that I carry is I'm unlovable. And so I would think I'm unlovable. And then I would do some sort of playful movement around it. So I would pretend I was an elephant stomping around my house. And then all of a sudden, as I pretended to be this elephant, my body changed, my whole demeanor changed. And I thought, oh no, I'm big, I'm powerful. I'm I'm beautiful. I love elephants, by the way. And so it just started to shift inside of me. And once I started adding play and movement, I noticed that I was able to experience sensations in my body in ways that felt safe and empowering and gave me that mind-body connection that I was missing that I couldn't do with yoga anymore. And it really changed my healing pathway. Tapping into that movement and that play started to just release this swirling tornado of energy and pain that I had trapped inside of me. And it was just, it felt like it was just dumping out in ways that it had never happened before. And I'd been doing tons of therapy. I'd done acupuncture. I've done all these other different things to try and help. So I started telling some friends about it. Some friends who have not experienced trauma to the way that I have, they've experienced normal life stressors and like traumas. And so they wanted to try it. So I did some movement sessions for them. And it worked and it made this huge difference in their lives. They felt this major relief. And so I then started fine tuning it. And now it's developed into a business for me, coaching others, how to use play and movement to connect to their bodies um, so that their bodies can give them the information. Our bodies know how to heal. We just have to find that connection between our mind and our body to listen to how we need to heal. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I would love to have you in my inner circle if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, so that was a lot. That was uh, a very long story. Uh-huh. Because uh um it was only now I've learned about in terms of playing, use your and I like your strategy on how to change your mindset of being unworthy, being unloved, uh, being un unlovable and now learning imagining yourself to be an elephant it's all about imagery and so on and i i like it i love it that's another tool which each one of us may be able to use Uh now going back to because you mentioned about the church i'm kind of curious yeah are you back to going to church i am not i am not I have found my um, spirituality in nature. I find connection to nature. Um, I have a hard time because I had so many people tell me, oh, I apologize. I thought I had my computer on mute. Um, I 
I got distracted because I had so many people tell me what God was for so long. Um, I have, I, I find my spirituality in nature. So it's more directly to God. Correct. You see, uh-huh. because mm-hmm. it makes a difference. And I, I felt the same way. Um, you know what, when I actually, even my, my children, it's so yeah. hard for me to, to convince them to go to church. Um, they were telling me, mom, we were blocked off by a lot of people and they are, they, they are very religious. How come they're not applying what they are preaching at church? And you know what? I just stopped and then because they have a point and, and I cannot push and pressure them because, um, that's how, what they, what they have experienced and for them, it still bothers them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as what you have mentioned, you feel that you're a bad girl. Mm -hmm. And then I know that they're feeling the same way and it took me four times to um consult with a priest mm. asking them if i if what i did to report him or even my daughter to report him because of he he went to this restraining order yeah it was a sin if i've committed a sin and um another thing I tried reaching out to the parents, but they never accepted our, yeah. our even our apology. And even my son, who tried to uh, visit them to settle things out, they canceled the meeting. Yeah. And I know he felt bad because coming back because that was his mission. Mm-hmm. Flying, he say he used his savings to fly to oh. Chicago, and and then he and when I asked him how did it go, uh, they just canceled. It, so he true. felt betrayed as well, and um, he even mentioned, "Mom, I thought I have two families mm-hmm. from the two sides." Yeah, and I told him, "Don't worry." Even though we have one family, our family here loves you so much. Yeah. And we we are here to support each one of you. My mom, my siblings, and then the cousins were all here. Oh my, that was when you were just sharing that. I was even telling my children, just go to mass and say thank you for the life we're living. You don't have to, because I, there's still this forgiveness issue that is still bothering them, probably. Yeah. Because I told them, you know what? Forgiveness is about yourself. It's it not about the other people. It's not, not about the other person. It's mm-hmm. you releasing yourself from resentment, from pain, from anger. And that frees you up. It does. Absolutely. Oh my, that, that struck me when you mentioned about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in my view, um, 
for people who have experienced religious trauma or judgment or betrayal by people who are religious, it's very challenging to go back and put yourself in that situation where you're reminded of that betrayal. For me, I've been able to forgive. I've, I've, been able to move on. And I can't put myself back in those situations where I am going to church, where I do all of those fundamental religious things, because that's triggering for me. So for me, my connection to the divine is out in nature. I'm much more able to connect more one-on-one with that divine energy rather than in a building with other people who are telling me because that that's triggering for me based exactly. on what I experienced so exactly yeah and that happened to me that's why when they blocked me that's oh yeah. I'm not accepted anymore by the society I made a mistake I am a sinner and um I don't deserve that's why it came to a point I don't I didn't value my life anymore because I yeah. I felt that I don't deserve life because of what I have done. Especially Trig telling me, reminding me that I was the cause of his death, my yeah. my husband's death. It was hard. It was hard. So how do you remain in power and continue what you do? Um, I practice a lot of self-care. That, that is one thing that I have learned on my journey. I do my own movement practices um, on a regular basis. And the way that I work with my clients and the way that I work with myself is we'll take whatever that negative belief is that's coming up really strong. And we all have them and they all, they change depending on what circumstance we're in, but we all have kind of our core negative beliefs. And So what I do for me is regularly, I'll do my own movement practice and I'll take my negative beliefs and then I'll try and change it. Think of what the positive would be if I could have the positive instead. So like I said, one of mine is that I'm unlovable. And so on days that I'm feeling very unlovable, I'll do a movement practice designed around this idea that I am lovable. And so I'll do things like I'll give myself a hug or other things that that give me that physical manifestation that I am lovable. I also um, have learned moves that really will soothe my nervous system when I'm starting to feel anxious. And because I've done as much work as I have, and one of the things that I do is I teach people how to register what their body's telling them before they go into full overwhelm and shut down. And I'll give you an example in just a minute, but to finish answering your question. So I've started to notice when I start to get really agitated, I've, I've noticed here instead of like when I'm here and about to go into shutdown mode. And so then I'll, I can help mitigate that earlier on. So I do a lot of self-care, a lot of mind body practices. Um, and I take breaks. I allow myself yeah, breaks. Exactly. I allow myself to be human. Exactly. A lot of people, they always, because I was raised by my parents or even the elders telling us, telling us, your priority is serving others first. Yes. Yes. That's always that. And then you're always the last. Yes. But I've discovered that you won't be able to serve others, not until you uh, you take care of yourself first. Absolutely. Yes. So now um, it, I had to change that way of thinking. <laughs> it was, we were raised like that, that, and, my 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 elders would tell me that's being humble you serve others first and me too. That's, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it should be the other way around. Just like, isn't it in the, um, what's this, in the airplane? That when they when they have this introduction about the okay, put your mask first put before, your mask on. Yeah. before yeah. you the, serving others. So yeah. that's it. Priority should be given to you first so that you'll be able to serve and uh, la- learn to love yourself so that you may be able to learn to love others. I also say, learn to communicate with yourself. Our minds and our bodies are so disconnected. Even if you haven't experienced trauma, like Cynthia and I have, you've you've just experienced normal life trauma, even just in our Western world, we're on our phones so much, we're so, we don't like to feel into our emotions. And so by the time we actually feel something, it usually is, if you're thinking on a scale of zero to 10, by the time we start to feel something, it's usually higher up by 10 because it takes so much to get us to where we're feeling things. And so um, it little interesting piece of information, our bodies send information to our brain at a rate of 11 million bits of information per second. That means our body's gathering information at 11 million bits of information per second. But our brain can only process 50 bits of information per second. So our brain is only processing a small, small amount of what our body's trying to say. And so when we're able to start to learn the language that our body is trying to communicate with, it actually not only helps relieve some of our stress, but it helps us learn to understand when we're starting to feel those anxiety, stressors, whatever it might be, so that we can do those self-cares when we're closer to a zero out of 10 versus when we're at a full 10. And an example I love to give I hope you're okay with me doing this, Cynthia. Yes, please, please. So, an example I love to give. So please feel free to do this with me. This kind of taps into that play and movement. Kind of what I'm talking about is just so you can do it seated or standing. Just start with a side to side sway and start to notice as you go side to side, you can close your eyes, you can keep them open, whatever feels most comfortable to you. Start to notice maybe what's happening with your shoulders, what's happening with your gut. When we're tense, our gut tightens. Maybe check in with what's happening with your toes. Maybe notice how fast you're going. Now I'm going to invite you to go front to back. So start to sway front to back. Cynthia, I don't know if you noticed it, but your shoulders just went right up to your ears and your neck started moving more than your body. And so check in as you're going front to back. Now what's happening? What's happening with your shoulders? What's happening with your gut? What about your toes? So we all have one direction that feels more soothing to us than the other. And so as you explore between front and back, you start to notice. So for me, side to side is more soothing. And when I go side to side, my body starts to feel like it's a wave rippling on the water. And that's what I think. Mm -hmm. And when I go front to back, my shoulders tighten, my toes start to grip into the ground. Um, but yet some of my clients front to back, they imagine themselves like a tree swaying in the wind. And so front to back feels more soothing to them, whereas side to side feels more uncomfortable. But by starting even just with this simple little movement that, you know, you can imagine a tree, you can imagine water, whatever feels soothing to you. It starts to bring you into this sensory awareness of what's happening in your body. And so even though I'm going front to back and I'm not stressed, I'm starting to notice what it feels like when my body's stressed so that when I have that 
anxiety come up, I know, oh, my shoulders are up around my ears. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Maybe I need to do something for self-soothing before I continue pushing on. So you, you, uh, I, I'm glad you noticed that. I didn't notice it myself. <laughs> That, that's one of the, and that, that's what I do when I work with clients is I'll watch because we don't always notice those things until somebody points it out. But once I did, did you notice that it felt so much more uncomfortable in your body? So you have the option of choosing the side to side rather than the front. Everybody has one way that's more soothing to them. Once again, think back to being a baby. This is how our nervous systems are programmed. Um, so for soothing our nervous system, we have rhythmic and repetitive. So some people say front to back feels more soothing to them because it reminds them of being rocked in a rocking chair. Mm -hmm. For me, side to side is, is what makes my body feel this fluid, just kind of wave-like, watery. And then probably it would, would you, while you do this one, you try to... Uh, relax every part of your body and that's how you uh, change the energy <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about it you don't even really have to try anything as long as you just keep the sway going your body's going to naturally do it that's something that is inherently um, built into our nervous systems so that's the beautiful thing about it when I'm um feeling anxious or when I'm getting ready. In fact, I did this right before we got on our call a little bit um, short because I was running a little bit late. Um, just do this side to side sway because without even actually trying to calm myself down because the more you do it, the more your nervous system just starts to settle in and it just is inherently built in. So there's really not even much effort that you have to try. Oh. I'll do it when I'm standing like in line at the grocery store and I'm getting agitated that the line is taking so long or, you know, whatever. It just becomes this inherent self-soothing rhythm that we can do to help um to help keep us from getting to that point where we are feeling incredibly overwhelmed and agitated this is a great tool huh i love it this. i will and it's so simple and it's uh -huh. it, you can do it in in you know you do this for two minutes and all of a sudden you're going to notice your body is whichever direction feels more soothing to you i actually had one client who going in circles felt more comfortable to her so play around with it and find that one doesn't feel comfortable to me in fact i automatically tense up when i try and do that and just knowing whichever, whatever works most for you is right. There's no right or wrong answer for this. It's based on what your body likes and wants. Good. But what I usually do is I do deep breathing, uh, breathing exercise and to calm me down. <laughs> and uh, it helps also. So now I will add this one. So Especially if I like dancing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is. It, it kind of gets into that rhythm of dancing uh -huh. and then it starts yeah. to flow. So one thing I, I love to talk about is deep breathing absolutely works. hundred percent. It really does. There's, there's scientific reasoning why it works. And deep breathing does not work for everybody. That's one thing that I learned mm -hmm. in my trauma yoga training. Deep breathing doesn't work for me because deep breathing actually triggers me. When I have to listen to even my own breath, it takes me back to things that were happening in my childhood. So it's actually a really big trigger for me. And not only that, being forced to sit still, even if I'm forcing myself to sit and breathe, just makes me want to peel my skin off. So if I can do a movement with the breathing, it makes it much easier. And so I hear people say all the time, I can't meditate. I can't do deep breathing. And that's okay. Try adding in 
maybe a movement with it because deep breathing can be very triggering for some people, especially sexual assault survivors. That's a big one for them um, or can be a big one for them. So just know if deep breathing doesn't work for you, it's 100% a fantastic tool. And if it doesn't work for you, there are other ways to find that meditative soothing of the deep breathing. Wow. Great, great suggestions. I love those. (laughs) Well, there's, there's really no medicine for each one, right? A, A fixed medicine. So you have to come up with ways and means depending on how you feel whether the movement plus deep breathing or the deep breathing and being steady, just try it out. So you'll be able to discover which one is more effective, no? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, great, great. So how, with the, with the success you have achieved in this one, your manifestation, I should call it manifestation. Yes. What is your next goal for the next 12 months? My goal for the next 12 months is to bring play and movement to as many people as I can, to bring a way of healing that doesn't have to be heavy and heavy. So my goal is to bring it to as many people as I can to get the word out as much as I possibly can. Okay. I'm glad that I was able to invite you to be my guest. Yes. You've been a part of that for me. So thank you. And as what I've mentioned, I will invite you to be in uh, to be my guest at my inner circle. It's a small, small group, um, like eight to ten, sometimes more. And uh, we cover the four domains in our life, and um, we rotate these four domains every month. So we have the health and well-being, we have the love and relationships, we have the what's this? Our vocation and purpose and then the fourth one is time and money freedom so i i will um connect with you again for the what's this for the health and well-being and that is next month (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm glad i'm glad and i'm sure a lot of my members would be would be very happy to try new things in order to soothe them because yeah. we all have experienced traumas in life, each one of us. And I'm sure others are still stuck in their past pains and so on. So we need, we just need to help each one and support each one, how we could um, to let them experience the life they want to live. That's it. Absolutely. Yes. So before we end, is there, um, is there any advice you would like to share? to our listeners? Simple advice. Yeah. Simple advice is um, just accept where you are. That sounds simple and it's a hundred percent not. You get to be where you are. There's no should about what you should be doing. You just get to be where you are. And once for me, once I accepted that, that opened up this whole space for me to allow healing to come in rather than believing I should be somewhere else. Um, just really kind of accepting that I was struggling, that I was in this deep, dark hole, that I was literally only crawling my way out rather than running like I thought I should be. Um, it just, I guess, trust the process, trust yourself, your body knows. And when you can communicate with your body, your body will give you that information on, um, 
on what, what the best path for you is. Yes. And that is listening to your inner voice, your intuition. Yes. 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 <laughs> that gut feel, right? Yes. <laughs> and most of that time when I listen to my inner voice, it always gives me the positive result. Yes. <laughs> always. Yes. Because you're aligned to the ultimate power. You're aligned to the universe. You're aligned to whatever term you use, God and so on. Yes. That's uh, that's it. Oh my, Angela, it's so great to have you here. Would you like to share your contact information so they will be able to connect with you? Yeah, I would love to. So the best way to get a hold of me is my website. It's angiebarrettmovement.com. And I spell my last name B-E-R-R-E-T-T. -T. So it's Angie Barrett, B-E-R-R-E-T-T, -T, movement.com. Um, and that has, um, I actually have a free guide on how play and movement can help you to heal. And the sway is one of the moves that I give in there. So I have more. Um, and then it also has my social medias. It has a way that you can email me, my phone number. So any way that you may want to contact me, or um, if you want to work with me, um, it has all that contact info on there. Okay. Thank you so much, Angela. It's It was great to have you here. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. And uh, what a great uh, story you have. And I'm sure a lot of people got inspired by your story. And Thanks for having me, Cynthia. I've, I've enjoyed talking with you. Same here. Okay, till next episode. Thank you so much to the listeners. Have a blessed day. Bye.